today's episode of Pipeline Things, we take on Heart Spots with Jing Wang from TC Energy. It was fantastic. We covered puzzle pieces, analogies, Harry Potter, Venn diagrams, the rodeo, Whole Venn Texas. diagram, teaching finance, and Venn diagrams to 10 year olds. It's fantastic. It was a great episode. Put no, the, but really. Put the puzzle pieces together. Absolutely a completely packed episode with information. Lots of great takeaways on hard spots. Think you'll enjoy it. Thanks for joining us. episode of Pipeline Things. I am your host, Rhett Dotson, my co-host, Mr. Christopher DeLeon. And uh, again, we are going to have a super exciting episode. At least I am excited about today's episode and we've got a super fun guest. It's going to be lots of announcements. Um, but, you know, Chris, uh, it's yeah. rodeo season oh, right now in Houston. It's, and um, It's like Christmas Crawford season rodeo. Christmas Crawford like, season rodeo, fantastic. right. But you know what's interesting? So we were at the rodeo last night. And yep. um, I was also back in Louisiana this weekend, and oh boy, there's, I, I, there, there's some tie-ins here. Going? Not just crawfish in the tie-in. <laughs> uh, one of my family members is a middle school teacher, and she told me she's like, mm. you know, we haven't come. She said mullets have come back in style. Yes. So they have mullets, and she's like, my seventh graders think they invented the haircut. Oh, she's like, so my seventh graders come in, and they like, not yeah. seen Joe Dirt. We didn't, no, <laughs> they haven't seen Joe Dirt, and they never heard of Billy Ray Cyrus, which is great. And the yeah. tie is, we saw. A lot of mullets at the rodeo last night. Yeah, it's real. Right. So yeah. mullets have come back. Um, have you ever thought about growing a mullet? You Did know, you try as a kid? No. Did you try as an adult? Mm -mm. It's. Uh, I feel like a mullet is almost a little bit of a culture. And uh, are you gonna let Leo grow a mullet? <laughs> Leo can do whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, wait. All right. Let me. Maybe the responsible party will. Amanda let Leo grow yeah. a mullet. Uh, I think Amanda would as well. I, I think if we were to tie rodeo and mullets, you know, it almost makes me wonder a bit. Like, you know, if if, if he's gonna wear a mullet and he's gonna be at the rodeo, it makes me think of what event he would do. Right? Would it be bronc riding? Would it be uh, the 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 wagon races? Would it be bull riding? You see, it's really funny you mentioned that. I noticed a Maybe key body type in each of the. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I was starting to say wagon racing, but he, I don't know if he's big enough. You know what? Wagon, it might be wagon racing. That, that way, it's depending on how long the mullet the is. Ragged, it's like the wagon the racing guys were some big dudes. Yeah. Like we you got to lean there, on the I'm, inside when they turn. Yeah, but I thought it'd be like a small, skinny, like like a jockey, right? Smaller, better. No, yeah. clearly in wagon racing. Well, you got to lean, brother. Uh, I guess so. Yeah. Um, so here's 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 the the tie in for uh, for for harder for. Let me try that again. Here's the tie-in yeah. for mullets that we're going to talk about today. Uh, it's really funny that all these kids think they invented mullets. And mullets went out of fashion a long time ago, and then they have popped back up on the scene, clearly. And I always wonder, you know, we see that happen generationally, right? Where something goes out of style, then it comes back. Like, I also saw mom jeans are coming back now. So, follow up on our last episode, I feel kind of like that's hard spots. Like, a lot of work was done on hard spots mm, yes. back in late 90s, early yeah. 2000s. And they were kind of in vogue. Yeah. And then we didn't hear anything about hard spots for a yeah. while. And now as an industry, it's, it's one of those like old new problems. So right? hard spots, mullets, hard spots hard are spots the mullet pipeline integrity threat of the world. You know, I think it depends. My achy breaky 
I'm trying to think how I could go with that. I don't know yeah. if I can make that work. Well, I can I can tell you this. I guarantee you that our guest is going to help us. So I tell you what, I'm pretty excited about the guest for a couple of reasons. When we did the hard spot episode, yeah, uh, this is the first name that came to my mind. Yeah, because this particular individual is super passionate about hard spot. Yes, knowledgeable on the subject has experience. Has experience and has likes experience. to dig in. So I think it's time. And wait, there's also another segue. What's that? To this is it's it's also. International Women's Day. So you're already doing it. So I would like to welcome our guest. So our guest for today's episode is Mr. Jing Wang. Mr. Jing Wang. <laughs> we are going to have to refilm this. I feel like we no, might have to re- we have to, this We're live. doing it live. Hi, Chris. Good to see you. Hi, Hi it's Ms. Jing Wang, yes, from <laughs> TC Energy. And it's super exciting because Jing is actually our first female guest on the show. She is. Oh, female wow. engineer. Yep. And as Chris pointed out, on the heels of International Women's Day. Yeah. So I mean, this welcome. Could be more perfect. So I, I'm international because I'm from Canada. Yeah, that's why it You're works. First, she's our first Canadian <laughs> guest as well. Ca- oh yeah. She How great is. is that? There are multiple yeah. firsts on this episode. That's the, I can see now. Ms. Producer is going to run with that as the theme. Multiple first and hard spots. <laughs> I'm already giving no you the way. title. So, so they're going to think you're going to get a mullet for the first time. You know, <laughs> oh. I, can I be real with you? If you went to my barber, he would do like a really cool high taper and just leave it long in the back. No. And you could kind of say it's That's a called mullet. a rat tail. So <laughs> we, we, those were called rat tails when I was a kid growing up. And I'm not more. If I come home with a rat tail or a mullet, Morgan's just going to tell me to finish the job and shave it all off. <laughs> 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 all right. So, um, Jake, tell us a little bit about yourself. Introduce yourself to the audience. Who are you and um, who do you work for? Oh, sure. Um, my name is Jing Wen and I'm working for TC Energy. I'm a manufacturing and construction threat lead. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you, you know, when people are thinking about manufacturing and construction, that's something like huge, big, you will see those dusty um, construction site and heavy machinery. So um, what my daily job involves is actually a lot of office work. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about manufacturing uh, pipeline threat, it's mainly we refer to, um, you know, the threat that we created back during the manufacturing of the pipe. For example, pipe mill nominee, hot spot, um, and seam flaws. And construction introduced a threat such as girth wall flaws or um, vintage wrinkle band practice. Mm. So that's the main five categories I'm doing as my daily work. You cover all of the fun ones. Yeah, like, and that was such a good way to introduce it too. She goes, it's a lot of office work, working with all the threats that were introduced. Yeah. Like that's so cool. And introduced quite some time ago. Like yeah. again, not with pipelines that were built in the 2000s, but we're talking about a lot of times pipelines built in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Um, so again, brief disclaimer. Uh, so Jing's not representing TC, speaking on behalf of TC or anything like that. This is friendly conversation between engineers meant to um, improve the knowledge in the industry and, and help our, our operator know. and friends out there gain an awareness. So we obviously brought you on to talk about hard spots today, which I understand you 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 like hard spots. I don't like them. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> we don't like them. Uh, yeah, don't like you. Don't like them. You're um, you're passionate about them. I'm passionate about them. I get I get paid for it. Uh, <laughs> there is some reality to that. Uh, she is passionately paid for a hard spot. Um, so, uh, but help me. What was your? How did you come about uh, in 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 gain 
what was your exposure to hard spots? How did you come to the position you are now as it pertains to them? Yeah, for sure. So um, that that goes back to 2019. Um, at that time, I had a great mentor, Dave Savage. He mm. was very passionate about Dave. hot spots, mm -hmm. and he introduced me to this world of hot spots. And it, it's you know intriguing to the fact that a hot spot actually it is not a problem. It's generally considered as stable, yeah. something resident. We can't yeah. really do anything about it. I, I mean, the, the steel was making back in our grandfather's time. Mm -hmm. You can't really chase back and to say, hey, you know what, there are some flaws. I mean, I mean, the technology and also the quality control system at that time, it, it is the best it can do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, those hotspots are resident and they are in the pipeline and, you know, they're still in service. Nothing wrong with it until it comes with hotspot cracking. When it's associated with the cracking, um, it, it increases the likelihood of introducing rapture yeah. possibility. So that becomes a threat concern, and that's what I'm dealing with every day. So my daily job regarding a hotspot is actively I'm going searching my entire assets, which I'm responsible to say, hey, what are the assets that is susceptible to hotspot? Mm. And I'll prioritize it. doesn't mean you have them, right? just means you're, you could be susceptible to yeah, them, right? Yeah, it could be. It's a possibility. And also prioritize it based upon a lot of things. For example, uh, whether it's near any structure we, where we have, um, you know, people mm -hmm. living around, that's our first concern is, is you know, the public safety. Mm -hmm. And the second is whether we have any other interacting features. So it's interesting to me. So you, you, you very quickly delineated hard spots from hard spots with cracking. So mm -hmm. uh, at a high level, what you're trying to do is identify the hard spots. Then are you actively trying to identify hard spots that might have cracking at the same time? Yeah. If it doesn't crack, it's less of a concern. But it cracks, I definitely concern. And there will be a lot of ex extensive efforts so need to be done. That seems to be a bit of a challenge to me, just to be honest. Um, without going into specifics, which I'm sure you can't share, like... So if, if somebody was approaching hard spots for the first time, yeah. an operator out there, and I, I want to view that, because I think a lot of our, our target audience has, so you're going to have some that have familiarity similar to you, but we're going to have a lot of our audience that's not going to have familiarity with hard spots. Mm -hmm. And if they tried to go and find hard spots with cracking, that's like, you're, not gonna get a, you're not going to get an ILI report that says hard spot, hard spot with crack. <laughs> so what advice, suggestions, I mean, would you offer somebody who's, who's going to try and start managing the threat of hard spots, how do you go about trying to find a hard spot with a crack? That's a good question. So I have a 10-year-old daughter. Mm. I often chat in my work with her. Um, it's just, you know, I want to treat, treat her as a friend. As I thought you said you were going to bring her on the field and no, she can find hard spots with cracks. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> for respect, my 10-year-old is very much uh, engineering-minded. Okay. So I talked to her. So she asked me, she says, Mom, what do you do? Mm. So I explained to her, and she's really particular about the hot spot. She says, well, mom, I have a hot, soft spot for chocolate. Mm. So what is a hot spot? I said a hot spot is the opposite. You don't like it. <laughs> but what can you do? For example, the carrots and the celery have to pack for your lunch bag. 
That is so good. So I explained to her how do we manage hotspot. I said, well, so first of all, this is how we do it. Is you know, forget about the resident, the you know, the hotspot being there for many many years. They never cause any tr problem. They've been quiet, but focus on the ones that are likely to give you any voices mm. or give you any trouble. For example, if this line is known to have external corrosion, is mm. known to have SEC concerns and then you're you're readily available you have mfo data you have emat data that's that's the line you start with if it's a susceptible pipe and from there you prioritize your line for example for your entire assets you have about 20 line or 100 lines you prioritize the first five or first three go after it go so after leverage it. so uh, you said something earlier that i i, I really latched onto right so you said um susceptibility, then you prioritize public safety, and then you look for things that interact. And so we're kind of honing in on the susceptibility side, right? And, and Rhett did a great job of saying, you know, when someone wants to start, where do you start? And so what you're suggesting is a great way to look at it is where do I already have ILI data? Yeah. Start with there. Yeah. Because it's kind of lower hanging fruit. And that, that's in contrast. I mean, I've, I've dealt with some operators like, hey, I just want to kick the tool, kick the tires and I'm gonna try a hard spot tool out on a line. I think that is one path, but your best, what I heard from you, is if you combine that path with other existing information. So don't choose just a convenient line, choose a line that you feel like you've got data you can build on. So if, if I can, Jing, um, I really like this whole process of susceptible, prioritize, look for interaction. Mm -hmm. On the susceptibility side, you also reminded us, right? We, we, we see in regulation, I'm going to hone in on the gas side a little bit, yeah. where, you know, basically, you know, we're, we're kind of, because we don't deal with fatigue as much, we're kind of in this mindset sometimes as an industry, not everybody, just generally speaking, there is a population that you could see that people are saying, it's stable. Mm -hmm. It's not a problem, it's resident. I hydro tested this back in 1960, <laughs> right? And I have TVC records of a subpart J hydro test. These are stable. Mm -hmm. This is not a problem to me. Until, What's your response to that? Until something changes. Okay, so talk me through that. What do you mean? Um, so I explained to my 10 year old about the Venn diagram. <laughs> I'm like, the, the 10 year old's coming into this now. I'm, I'm yeah. like this. Some yeah. point, next time I go to Calgary, we're gonna have to meet <laughs> yeah, the 10 year old. <laughs> yeah, my Gianna. So I explained to her, I said, you know, for the Venn diagram, it, you know, in order for us to really concern about it and do something, we need to collect three pieces. One is susceptible pipe. Um, you know, we, we can, you know, there, are, there are different extent of what is susceptibility. For example, mm -hmm. we can chase down to the plate to sourcing. Mm -hmm. That is a little bit of uh, above and beyond what's what yeah. we can do now. A, a lot of operators may not be there, right? Exactly. Smaller operators, they, yeah. they may be still be struggling with getting TVC records for yeah. what's in the ground, right? Exactly. But let's say they identify that they at least know what type of pipe it is, right? So yeah. they know the long seam type yeah. to start characterizing, yeah. you know, it's 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 vintage. Exactly. So there are certain pipe manufacturers, certain vintage of pipe, and certain uh, OD of the pipe that we had a past failure history. Mm -hmm. So we can start from the past failure history. If this pipe is similar to what you have, yeah. likely 
that is susceptible. It's a flag. Exactly. Right. It, doesn't First, mean, it doesn't mean you have them or that they're an integrity threat yet. It's just screening. Sc it's susceptible. Yeah. Do screening. I have them or not? Okay, exactly. we got we to move. So this. back to this Venn diagram. People want yeah. so we got this like susceptible. Yeah. Susceptibles one yeah. circle. They haven't interacted yet. Yeah. Right. And number two is whether you have a source of atomic hydrogen. Mm -hmm. Atomic hydrogen molecule is really, really small, yep. and if you have uh, you, homogeneity of the microstructure mm -hmm. of the pipe, so that little molecule will find its way to sway, like free yep. swim along the boundary of the yep. grain and yep. cause brittleness. Mm -hmm. And once that brittleness gets triggered by, for example, increased operating smice level, um, gets increased operating temperature, essentially resulting higher pressure load yep. and then it likely to lead to a rapture okay cracking at first yeah cracking yeah, first and cracking and what's the next part is there a third element of the venn diagram so the third element is the operating condition oh. is how you operate mm -hmm. for example if your pipe is always being operated at a 40 fahrenheit and a 900 psi for 50 years did you see how quickly she switched into u.s customary units there? <laughs> Very international. Impressive. Okay. <laughs> oh, by the way, this is so good. By the way, I was educated in Michigan. Oh. Okay. okay. <laughs> so we. She we, is checking the boxes on international. It's like check, check, check. Got this it. Is fantastic. Yeah. All right. Coming back to the operational change. For example, a re, you know, if you have a flow reversal, the discharge mm. becomes suction. Suction mm -hmm. becomes discharge. You have elevated a temperature, and temperature increases. Your pressure increases. That could potentially increase the operating smice level. Which is interesting, that's actually what they pointed to as yeah. a flow reversal in TSB. So, um, yeah. I, how did your 10 year old take the Venn diagram? Did she get it and go? Oh yeah, she loves it. So you know what, what I was explaining to my 12 year old yesterday? The importance of is, finance. Is this cooking again? No, the whole, she, the whole... wanted, she wanted an iPhone and she oh. found $5 a month for 36 months from Walmart and asked me if she could give me five bucks a month. So then I had to sit down with a packet of dimes and explain finance to her. And it was like, <laughs> you don't finance phones. You finance expensive things. So, um, it's so good. she kind of got it after the third or fourth episode, or for third or fourth run through sure. of me explaining. She's like, wait, I own the phone. No, you don't own the phone. The bank owns yeah. the phone until you buy the phone. So you're explaining Venn diagrams. I'm explaining finance. finance. Yeah. This is fabulous. Which, which is a big part of integrity if you think about it, right? Oh, yeah. Prioritizing resources. Most bang for the buck. Yeah. And Chris is teaching his kids how to grow mullet. So um, this is actually well, a good I'm place. I'm how to ride sheep. I, right I now. really like. So we you started with a breakdown of the Venn diagram and susceptibility and how to target hard spots. I think operators are going to get a lot from that in our audience. Yeah. I actually want to take a break, and when we come back, I want to pick up on gaps in the industry because I'm sure that there's some of those areas we know better than others, and want to hear from you on that. So we're going to take a break and hear from one of our sponsors. We'll be right back in just a moment. director and co-founder of ADV Marketing. We get the honor of working with Rhett and Christopher to produce this crazy podcast and also work with them on any other initiatives that they have when it comes to marketing. And if you know them or are listening to this podcast, you know that it gets pretty crazy around here. So we have a lot of fun with them. ADV Marketing is a full-service business-to-business marketing agency. Um, we specialize in service companies and technology companies. So if you are enjoying listening to this podcast and the fun that they're having, reach out to us and see how we can make your marketing fun. 
All right, welcome back as we're uh, talking with Jing about hard spots in the industry. So I want to pick right back up where we left off, Jing. So um, you did a really good job of laying out how you would approach um, hard spots and differentiating hard spots and hard spots with cracking. So picking back up on that vein of thought, let's say you've identified a line because you've got such a rich history. You've got maybe multiple MFL runs or a single MFL run. You got geometry. You feel like you understand the condition of that line relative to our conventional threats pretty well. And you make a decision to run a hard spot tool, invest in ILI technology, and um, find out what you're going to get. Where does that journey go from there? What does the story look like? You get the report back. What do you do next? All right, that's my daily job, 365, right? All right, we'll go from there. <laughs> Tell us what you do. So once you have identified an asset you want to run the hotspot tool, mm -hmm. my suggestion is to bundle that with your MFL because the mm -hmm. hotspot tool is called a dual MFL technology. Mm -hmm. So regardless if you are running hotspot or not, you need to run your regular MFL tool. Mm -hmm. So bundle that can save you cost and also you get the most updated MFL data to analyze in conjunction with your hotspot data. And let's say you have run the tool and uh, you have the report sitting on your desk. Before the report show up, seven days after the run, you'll get QAQC report. Make sure you check that QAQC report really, really thorough to make sure that the amplitude is within the range, the speed is within the range, because my understanding for hotspot identification and detection, it's highly dependent on how you run that tool. Mm -hmm. If you run it the wrong way, you might not get the good data. Yeah, stay, what we like to say, staying within the essential variables of the ILI system, right? And so, that's something so new. Speed, wall thickness. Yeah. Um, which, which is different about hard spots in the dual mag is you've got a high mag unit and then you've got a low mag unit yeah. on the back, and you're speaking more about staying within the limits on the low mag yeah. unit, which yeah, is so a new it's, area. It's either low mag or residual, right? Yeah, depending the on residual. what Depending on what technology it is, yeah. right? So low mag, again, being where it's a calibrated MFL tool, residual where they just put sensors some distance downstream of your traditional MFLA gotcha. tool. All right, so picking up, QAQC report, got it? Yeah, so for the report part, uh, from our experience, we could have you know, over hundreds of feature reported. When mm -hmm. we see feature, it means that we don't know whether it is injurious or non-injurious. Yeah, so they're So nominees. it needs to be assessed. Yeah. So that's called a feature or yeah. nominee. Yeah. You could have hundreds of them, or you could potentially only have a few of them. So how do you make a decision whether you will act on it or whether you assess it to be, you know, deemed that it's safe or not. So that's the next part is assessment, data assessment. So for hotspot data assessment, it is not for hotspot data alone. We usually in conjunction with MFL data to understand what is the external corrosion density. MFL density is a very good indicator of coding condition. Mm. And also in conjunction of EMAT data. Once you know where you likely have some linear indications or surface breaking or anything that EMAT features, the, you know, where the EMAP features, then you can do the data overlay to say, hey, if I have an EMAP feature here, I, I likely will increase the concerns. And there are also an, a, a lot of other things to be considered. For example, the past dig history. So if you had a um, direct assessment or you have any digs yeah. nearby, you can pull that data to say, hey, what is the coding condition look like? Mm. What is the environment as a soil look like? Whether I have, uh, you know, alkalinity or I have salinity of the, of the soil, whether the pH is less than 
six, something like that. This is yeah. something very similar to SCC. Yeah, yeah. similar. Very yeah. similar. Yeah, just yeah. a lot of, it is a holistic review of the data. And once you have considered every angle of your data and then also consider about the access because you want to be yeah. friendly to your construction crew, make sure they can get there. So is there a way, you mentioned a couple of things that I think are interesting, right? So you said, you know, density of MFL. So let's get practical. So if you have a section of pipe within a string of pipe within a peggable segment that has a higher density of metal loss calls, you, you're thinking you're going to hone in there to see if there's also yeah. hard spots. Yeah. But it's not because there's hard spots, right? But rather, I think you're now jumping to the point of hard spot interacting with something else. It's a, so it's the mm -hmm. atomic hydrogen source. Which is where the coding comes in it, for the CP. Because exactly. the CP right. breaks yeah. down. CP. I, I, so I the higher break, CP, yeah. the more likely you are to hydrogen. Yeah, where you have corrosion features, the well, CP is going to work extra harder. Oh. And also from our corrosion, uh, you know, basics, we know that during the corrosion process, it produces atomic hydrogen. Mm. So that's where the atomic hydrogen sourcing comes from. Now, yeah. the other thing that was really interesting to me was you mentioned the EMAT features. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I, I want to ask, it, and if you can answer it, hopefully you can. Are you actually looking for an, an, an EMAT feature that would interact with a hard spot or just an increased prevalence of EMAT features in a region? So maybe if you saw an EMAT feature nearby in the same joint, that's how you're, so you're using it, yeah. oh, okay, like more proximity. You're not actually trying mm -hmm. to say, and I want to make sure the audience heard that, you're not trying to say, I'm looking for a hard spot feature coincident with a crack. Nah, it, it's more on the joint or neighbor. So that may happen, right? That may but, happen, but, but, but that would more, be crisis. It, I mean, in my opinion, that would be... Yeah, that's that, an immediate. Yeah, that's an immediate. That's a yeah. red button. But again, I think what we're saying here is, is it's, it, it really ties again back to susceptibility, right? Is it's you're screening the line with mm. the data you have. Yep. And wherever you have an increased prevalence of a series of things that tell a story. True. Right? Yeah. Poor coating means like a corrosion, which means the CP is concentrating yeah. there, yeah. therefore atomic hydrogen, therefore yep. more likely that a hard spot can be used the word trigger earlier. Exactly. Right? Can be triggered, it becomes more brittle, change in operations, yeah. potential incident. Right to the point. It sounds like you're trying to find them before they find you. Chasing game. <laughs> I'm on the lead. <laughs> All right. So once Jing, you, the hard spot hunter, that's yeah. what <laughs> the bulldog, the, the hard spot bulldog. Yeah, I don't know the hard. So good. All right. So once you have selected uh, a location for excavation, next part is that you want to make sure the field NDE is mm -hmm. downright. Mm -hmm. For example, the hotspot location accuracy, I mean, any tool has its location accuracy. So if you are just pinpoint yourself to a, a 12 inch, you know, up and down, it might not work. So what I would suggest is, you know, if you have located a GPS coordinates of that hotspot feature, you know, I'll open a 10 foot joint, 10 foot mm -hmm. length. Mm -hmm. And then what we have been successful is using a, a tool called a spine tool. Mm -hmm. So spine tool intended to find any surface inhomogeneity. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you have corrosion, you have uh, surface breaking, have cracks, have uh, microstructure change, spine tool will be able to find it. And once you do, it's a screening tool. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's kind of like laser scan. This is an o, I want to make sure this is an OD 
tool. Yeah. Outside diameter. Outside. So you're scanning with the spine tool, yep. and that's S-P-Y-N-E for the people that are out there. Mm -hmm. And you're looking for surface inhomogeneities mm -hmm. on the yeah. outside surface. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Once you do your scan, you find the potential potential areas that you are interested. And then you go, you do your nitro wash, you grade it, and you polish it, and then you measure that hardness. So, uh, you know, sometimes it take, takes a bit of redundancy effort to measure that again and again. Because sometimes the hotspot is really small. We have mm -hmm. find identified like a raindrop hotspot. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to get missed. Yeah. So if you haven't find it from the first round, refine your grids. Do you need to find those? Yeah. You need to find those, the little bitty guys? Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting that is in like the actual hard spot definition mm -hmm. from REN2 was, was two inches, two inches yeah. as a minimum size. Well, again, so let's say if it's not two inches, but we're there. Yeah. We might as well just find the tiny yeah. little guys and yeah. at least we can validate the tool. Gotcha. Yeah. The tool might the not be that accurate. And also for tool to call a hotspot, I mean, it, you know, the transition from base metal to elevated hardness, it takes a bit of time, right? Yeah. So we got to give a little forgiveness there. So, um, yeah. so we were talking, I, I want to jump in. So we were talking about the, the, the ILI tool, right? So we have this, in this particular case, it is an MFL based technology, some kind of dual MFL technology, yep. whether it's calibrated low field with the high mm -hmm. or high with a trailing sensor. Um, <clears throat> I want to, uh, the, the whole reason why we got here was because Rain 2, the, the, the new gas rule, AEIE, the mega rule, defined hard spots, right? Yeah, and they said 327 Brunel, um, any direction more than two inches. Tie that back to ILI, right? Mm -hmm. So are we saying that your reporting threshold then, if you get an ILI report, is 327 Brunel? Or talk to me about how the characterizing the hard spot relates back to the MFL and its capabilities broadly yeah that's a that's a good one um so reporting wise we're not looking for 327 mm -hmm. or 300 but now what we asked is any elevated hardness area mm -hmm. that is deviated from the base metal for more than 50 brain now for example okay. if the base metal is 120 report me anything over 170 if yeah. the base metal is 150 report me anything over 200 right now and we don't care about the size. Doesn't matter if it's big or small. So that's a little bit different, right, from your traditional ILI mentality. Yeah. Right? Because what we're what we're accustomed to as an industry is it's find me stuff this deep and this long. Because then I can do a burst pressure calculation or estimate it and then rank. Mm -hmm. I can rank them accordingly. Yeah. Right? Yep. Here we're saying it's a little bit different. Here you're saying this is a relative reporting. Right, it's yep. if there is a delta of greater than fifty burnout, I want to know about it. Yeah, it's a deviation. From so, the but that also level. doesn't mean that's a problem yet, though, right? No, it, it's just a you know the first screening to identify a pool of features yeah. that we will potentially be interested in and apply our engineering assessment. Yeah, because it's not. It's talk to us a little bit about your experience with elevated hardness, right? Because there's got to be a range of it's elevated, but it's no risk. Elevated, maybe risk. Elevated, high risk. Yeah, um, so it's an International Women's Day, so I'm gonna <laughs> throw our skincare over there as the analogy. <laughs> well, this is so good. I have, I, I have lost. I have no idea where this I, is going. I, I'm all in now. I do have spots. I, I know in the market there were there are like a one thousand dollar kind of serum that we supposed to remove the dark spot from your face. Okay. I haven't tried it and I couldn't afford it, but I can use that as an analogy. Okay. That's, so I'm, if I'm like, we are thinking. Hot spots are just like the dark spots on the face, right? Okay. Well, 
you're still beautiful, regardless if you have a spots or not. Yeah. So pipe could potentially be totally fine. It doesn't and not impact its serviceability. Because it's, it's stable. It's exactly, it's a pressure containing capability. Yes, it's not pretty, so what? So it has pressure. That but is you said it's still beautiful. Yeah. I look at the pipe is still beautiful. Yeah. So it could be <laughs> hey, hey, it it could be seventy years old. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. With hard spots. Yeah. And it's still pressure containing. Yeah. And as long as it's not interacting with other, either environmental factors yeah. or defects, then it's still pretty. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's just like you need to have a key to activate that cracking me mechanism. mechanism. Unless yeah. you collect, you know, like Harry Potter, you need to collect certain jewels and. Because Jing is on the analogy. <laughs> We've got kids, Harry Potter. Facial spots, like we are yeah. going with it. This is yeah. so good. So, so wait, go back to Harry Potter. Wait, what is yeah. it like Harry Potter? You know, Harry Potter, you gotta collect all those like um you know yeah. jewelries like, yeah. in order to get yeah. that key, to and then you open that magic yeah. key. Here's a brand new world, right? The whole crux is right? exactly. So how spot cracking <laughs> to me? Why I'm so passionate about it? It's just like a treasure hunt. Yeah, you gotta right. find them. Yeah, you gotta find them. So yeah. I, there's another potential kind of title for you, Mr. Producer: safety. Hard Spots so, in the Treasure Hunt. So I, I, I still want to get to something a little bit tangible. I yeah. think we're we're really hovering, and we're we're trying to find this stuff, right? So you're yeah. you're kind of looking at your crystal ball, or you're looking at the the lay of the land. But talk to us a little bit about, in your opinion. At what point do you become concerned about the hardness of a hard spot? Or are you saying you're not? Yeah, until it interacts with Is it a primary, something? like, so when you look at that feature listing, do you rely more on the data integration? Or do you just start, nope, if it's over, if the, if the vendor reports it as over 327, I take action, and if they don't, I don't take action. So there are two elements to it. For the folks that you have a special permit, if you have a hard prescribed language to tell you that you have EFW pipe, you have harness over 327 brain now, and any, in any other direction it's over two inches, then you need to act according to that language. If it's not, if it's in a gray area that you need to debate according to your internal procedure or your SME review, and then there are six, those six factors I would suggest you to consider. So first is look at your pipe and potentially look at particularly focused on the vintage of the pipe and if you read Kiefner's North America line pipe history you would have poss possibly chased down to the plate sourcing to say what is likely to be the plate manufacturer yeah. and from there you can you know whether you can you know delarm or you know increase the alarm level of mm -hmm. the susceptibility and two take a look at your operating condition yeah. have you had a recent flow reversal yeah. have you had any temperature or pressure increase what is the operating stress level you are at now and the third is your CP when I'm talking about CB not just your on and off ratio not just your CIS survey data but also dwell into whether you have any recent installation of ground beds mm -hmm. or rectifiers mm -hmm. because once you have those new um, animals that you know contributing send a spikes of current to your system that could potentially lead you to a concern. Yeah, and y y you know one of the first things that came to mind is it's a, and this is why it's important to have threat leads, right? People who can focus on specific threats across your asset base. That's my daily job. So you have the time and the energy and the passion to invest not just on an ILI tool and hope that the ILI tool can do your job for you, 
but for it to just be a data set that you can then integrate and begin to manage the integrity of your pipeline for this threat. You're absolutely right to it. So the, the number four factor is the coding. So coding, you can find it from two different ways. Yep. One is, you know what, indicator, as we mentioned, MFO mm -hmm. density. Yeah. If you have increased or higher density, if you see a sudden change of your external corrosion density, well, that tells you something, yeah. that your coating is degraded. And two, you can find it from your past excavations. Yeah. What, is it, what exactly is the coating? Yeah. Whether that coating is in good contact with your pipe. And also you can find the soil you know, conductivity, yeah. resistivity, what's your moisture level, all that. So again, and sometimes it, the pH. It's not as simple as just jumping on the hardness values, yeah. unless it, you're within a special permit line. Otherwise, you're, the process that operators should be looking to follow is one of data integration and trying to understand so all the variables. So if we had effects, it's effect, effect, effect. It's yeah. if you get an MFL-based hard spot report, you're not necessarily going to dig it. Right. It's a data set for you to integrate to then continue your plan on trying to find out, do I have an issue? And you don't need to. Do and where. Exactly. Right, which is very different. I mean, that's a behavioral difference in how we use ILI technology, right? We're used to running an ILI technology and yeah, highlighting a specific to. feature yep. and say, go dig this. Yep. So uh, in the last couple of minutes we have, and I want to I wanna, I wanna drive us home, you've been a great guest, provided lots of valuable information. Um, I'll let you pick. Uh, where do you see, where do we need to head as an industry on hard spots? Would you give me your top maybe two, three at most? Uh, where do you think we need to focus our efforts to improve or address hard spots? Your opinion. Yeah. So currently I'm leading two projects uh, with mm -hmm. the PRCI Pipeline Research Council International. So our focus, we have two focuses. Mm -hmm. One is to find why certain hotspot crack? That's the sustainability of a hotspot cracking. Mm -hmm. It's different from hotspot sustainability. As we mentioned, you have a hotspot. So yeah. what? Yeah. Well, our You're still beautiful. Our, our generation, the like generation of grandfather, they, mm -hmm. they have that. And mm -hmm. we got to live with it. Yeah. Right? So what? But we're going to have to prevent hotspot mm -hmm. from cracking. Yeah. And so that's the focus number one. Yeah. And focus number two is the state of art tool, I mean, I mean the, the dual MFO tool, mm. it, it is still in an advancing stage. So we got to help improve that tool regarding its POI, POD, location accuracy, sizing accuracy. But these have been out for a while. I mean, they've been running hard spot inspections since, what, early 2000s? Yeah. And so you're saying that there is an ongoing project or starting project to really define and improve the state of the art for hard spot technology. Yeah, that's actually one of the suggestions from the NTSB report mm. to FEMSA that. Which, right. But it kind of makes sense, right? Because yep. again, you'll have indications, but when you start honing in on what an MFL does, right, it's this, the signal characteristics will change. The reason why we use high, high, frequent, high mag levels is because you want to saturate the pipe so that it focuses on flux leakage. Yep. However, when you're looking at material changes, you're looking at lower residual. Yeah, yeah. because what your residuals or, or calibrated low fields is because you're trying to hone in on the microstructure influence on magnetic fields, the permeability, the magnetic permeability, and now it's a little bit vaguer. Yep. Right? You're not just looking for amplitudes, you're looking at system response to a material. And now what if it's not as hard in this plate or the size is yep. smaller? So it's actually kind of complex, right? Complex doesn't yep. mean bad, it just means 
we need to better understand it, which makes sense. It, it, we have possibility of improvement. Yeah. So those two efforts are interesting because both of those are PRCI efforts. Um, what information would you recommend maybe somebody who's not a PRCI member, which can be challenging to get involved in that if you're not a PRCI member? What information is out there made for people who aren't PRCI members? Yeah, there are two uh, publications I can recommend for fun read. One is Kiefner's book regarding North American uh, history of line pipe. That's the red book. The yeah. red ASMA book. If you don't have yeah. the red ASMA book as either an operator or a consultant, you should have that book. Yeah, yeah. it's a good book to start with. And regarding iLine tool, I will recommend a paper published from last year's IPC. It's called a Know Your Enemy mm. Improvement uh, uh, in Managing the um, let me take a look at my notes. The Managing threat the threat of a hotspot yeah. by Rosen. That was, yeah, by Contran and Simon Slater. It was a good yeah. paper. And also, we are looking at updating the effort Inga started back in 2005. Mm -hmm. mm. It's the integrity characteristics of vintage pipeline. As we said, hotspot is a vintage problem. Wow. All right. So some good information out there. So, um, Jing, I want to say thanks for joining us on the show today. Do you have any parting thoughts you'd like to leave with the audience? The last analogy. I'm really good at it. Oh, <laughs> the last analogy. Here we go. I think yeah. that's it. I think. I think the that, title yeah. is analogies. No, analogies it, yeah, with Jing. It's the last analogy with Jing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I love playing puzzles. I have okay. loads of puzzles at home. So for Hotspot, I would say it's a very babyish puzzle. We don't need to go, you know, mm. 5,000 pieces or mm -hmm. 1,000 pieces. It's only... They're two by two squares. Yeah, 10 or 20 <laughs> pieces. So take a look at it from a holistic approach. You need to collect all the puzzle pieces together to have a picture. Mm. Don't just narrow to just one particular piece and says, you know what? Uh, let me focus on that 327 brain up. Mm -hmm. Guarantee you that's not working. Because in order, remember that Venn diagram, you need to have a sustainability, atomic such... hydrogen, and also environment contribution. Yeah. It, it, it's such a good analogy too, right? Because again, by the two inch by two inch with the puzzle pieces, it's a bigger piece. While you could try to find the little crack with an ILI in a hard spot, those are little pieces. The guidance is, Find the big pieces, put them together. God, that's so good. Look I at have, the I've had the idea of uh, my, my uh, side job. Yeah. I'm gonna print puzzle pieces with you have that mohawk here. <laughs> with the mullet. You know what, so hey, you know what? We got you, uh, we got a gift for our, our guest host. It's not a puzzle. It's not. But you will find it useful. So, this is how we're gonna close out the episode. Yeah. You're gonna so come our, as, an, as a first time guest and an international guest, we wanted to give you something, what the way I would say is something very H-Town. Oh. And uh, we have the, the Houston Livestock Show Roadie that's ongoing, so we wanted to give you a, a small token so you could take it back and remember us. I know Calgary has the stampede, but it's still, sorry, it's still second best to Houston Livestock Show okay. Rodeo. I hope I'm not getting the $1,000 piece of uh, spa remover. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, so we give you the, the small gift if you don't mind. Uh, oh. Go on ahead and, yeah, she's and open it live. Wow. <laughs> Does the color match with my dress today? Yeah! Oh. <laughs> this is so good. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Rhett. I like it. Oh, thank you. well, you get a chance to wear it tonight. So I want to thank Jing for coming to join us on the show. We hope you enjoyed today's edition of Pipeline Things, and we look forward. Uh, upcoming, this is the end of our season one arc. Our next arc you can look forward to will be covering ILI technology with all of our vendors at PPIM. Think you're going to love it. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again. <laughs>